Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Matt St. Jack. Whether you're an avid anime fan, a wee tadpole still finding your way, or anywhere in between, I'll be providing my opinions and insights on anime old and new. Think Yelp with help from friends and producers from other shows weighing in. I know you can't wait to hear, and I can't wait to tell, so let's get to it. This is Matt St. Jack with Anime Talk. Let's go. Yo, 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 what's going on? It's your boy Matt St. Jack back at it again with the white vans, except as always, no white vans. We're back at it again with another awesome episode of Anime Talk. It's just me, myself, and I today. Down at me, myself, and okay, but anyway, um, today we're going to talk through an episode that um, we're calling Fire Users That Melted People's Hearts. So, we're going to talk through a couple of obviously fire users in anime that melted everyone's heart just by their love and just the, the way that the character was actually designed. But before we get into that, as always, I want to thank you, each and every one of you, for listening and sharing the show because without you guys, this wouldn't be nearly as fun and/or rewarding. Um, Shout out to you guys for still rocking with your boy. It's episode or it's uh, episode four of season five. This is amazing. I couldn't have asked for um, better support and things like that. So continue to listen to the episodes, share with your friends, family, loved ones, anyone that you know that's an anime uh, lover. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, and like I said, without you guys, this wouldn't be as uh, nearly as fun and or rewarding. If you're not already following me on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AnimeTalk12. That's um, AnimeTalk, the numbers one and two. So that's 12. There you will find updates and news in regards to giveaways and upcoming episodes. St- uh, right now, the standard is if you want a sticker for the show, reach out to your boy. Let me know and I will send you out a sticker. Um, I got to figure out what it looks like international. But for domestic i know that i can just kind of drop one you know pretty much in the mail of course you're going to get a personalized letter from me because that's what i do everything that i do is white glove service um but um yeah guys so like i said just reach out to me let me know on those social media handles what you guys think shout out to everybody that's been like hitting me up like the last couple of weeks i've been getting a lot of follows especially on my twitter a couple on my instagram so shout out to you all thank you so much for reaching out um it's been a while since i've done this but obviously you know america is holding it down when it comes to my demographics who's listening um holding it down i think at like 84 percent. so shout out to them i appreciate you guys but shout out to the germans still holding strong at five percent I think Brazil's like right behind him at 1%, a couple of different countries at 1%, but shout out to everybody that's still holding it down and still listening to your boy. I appreciate that more than you uh, will ever know. And uh, the guys have been dominating when it comes to listening to the show, but women, y'all are right there. Like, I think guys was at like 54% or something and females was like um, the majority of that, some non-binaries and non-specified kind of sprinkled in throughout. So shout out to the women. They're out here giving me some love too. So I definitely appreciate you guys. I just want to, like I said, I'm just, you know, kind of heaping some love on all of my listeners out there. I appreciate you guys because I enjoy doing this. And it wasn't until I was on a recent show um, doing a collaboration that it made me think of like how much I definitely appreciate you guys. That and the fact that I probably had a couple, I I definitely had a couple drinks tonight. So maybe it's a little bit of both, you know, maybe I'm just emotional, but at the same time, I definitely want you guys to know that I appreciate you for everything that you continue to do. Um, And like I said, listening and sharing the show, because again, without you guys, it wouldn't be um, as fun and or rewarding. But, um, but yeah, like I said, let me know if you want a sticker. I'm still working on the merch just life is busy but as soon as that gets up and going you guys will definitely know um 
let me know when you guys follow the show let me know if you like or dislike an episode because i love interacting with you the fans and as always there may be spoilers ahead so you have been warned shout out to the homie alejandro so guys i got some really cool before i get into this episode uh we got some really cool collaborations setting uh setting up right now i'm trying to get my boy manny back on um if you guys are familiar with manny he was on my episode a couple seasons ago called come at me bro um where we talked about some space themed anime so i can't wait to have him back on if you think my voice is very smooth just wait till manny mode gets back up on here um i got a couple of different collaborations with some other indie podcast uh podcasters i got um a special memorials day episode that's coming out next week so you guys be prepared for that um i got like i said just a lot of different topics so continue to make sure that you guys follow me on those social media handles and continue to let me know what you guys want to hear you know what i mean like i'm i'm Ultimately, I don't mind talking anime and I'll talk anime all day, but I'm, you know, if you want me to review a specific show or you want me to sit down and watch it, I don't care about the number of episodes. Just let me know. You know what I'm saying? Reach out to me on those social media handles and I have no problem sitting down, listening to it and offering my opinion on it um, because I mean, that's what I do. I love anime and you know what I'm saying? I love you guys, the fans. So make sure that you reach out to me and let me know what you want me to watch. Sipping on water. Okay, guys, tonight, sipping on water. I had some drinks earlier, but now I'm on the water. Okay, you got to, you know, it's called balance. You know what I mean? But anyway, let's go ahead and get into the episode. I feel like I wasted enough of your time. Um, So the episode, again, is dubbed Fire Users That Melted People's Hearts. So we're going to talk through four four characters um, who I absolutely fell in love with that are flame or fire users. Um, and, uh, we're going to kind of talk through, you know, these characters and kind of give you some insight into who they were a little bit about their personality, um, and why, you know, I feel like they melted at least my heart. Um, and I think the way that the character was designed to melt, to melt everyone's heart, but we're going to kind of go into that. So let's jump straight into the first episode or the first episode. Good job, Matt. Um, but the first, um, character, so the first character's name is Escanor from Seven Deadly Sins. I've talked about Escanor before. I absolutely love Escanor's character design. I love his uh, the fact that his ability is that essentially the brighter or the closer to noon that it becomes, he gets stronger. When it's nighttime out, he reverts back to like kind of this weak, uh, weaker, smaller individual. But when the sun comes up and it's getting close to noon, he becomes stronger, more powerful, more arrogant, more cocky. He's kind of like a yin and yang of his own self so he's more like you know really shy really submissive on one side and then really dominant and really aggressive on the other side and i love the way that they set up this character um so like i said he comes from seven deadly sins again i've talked about this show in in depth and at uh at length so if you guys haven't heard me talk about seven deadly sins uh, i suggest you go back in and watch or listen to any other episode that i've talked about seven deadly sins and because i love the show but like i said the last season got a little weird um, but I've definitely, definitely loved the, uh, the, the show as overall. So the personality Escanor is the lion's sin of pride of the seven deadly sins, the former second prince of the kingdom of Castillo and the man known throughout the kingdom as Leonis, uh, the 
loan throughout the kingdom of Leonis as the strongest holy knight. His sacred treasure is the divine axe Rita, and his inherent power is called Sunshine, which made him renowned for gaining immense power during the day and gradually becoming weaker with the setting of the sun, leaving him frail and submissive at night. I already kind of kind of hit on that. Um, what happened? Uh, so what ended up happening to him? Um, well, first of all, let me, before we get into that part, um, the important thing to understand about the about this character is, like I said, I've already kind of described how his power works, but he's the center pride. And I've I've talked about this before on a couple of different episodes when I talked about Escanor, but he is so prideful so strong he's and actually i think it was rumored not even rumored i think it was confirmed because i believe meliodas himself said this and confirmed it but he's actually the strongest um holy knight and the strongest sin um he's actually stronger than meliodas um and i thought that that was very ironic because for him to be such a i wouldn't say subsidiary character he's not really a second well, he is a secondary character in his own right but for him to be stronger than the main character and for them to have it to where he's so weak when he's you know at nighttime or in the afternoon when the sun sets but so strong during the day you would think that like if you were going to try to take him down you would try to take him down at night but obviously you got to deal with all the other six sins you know that are protecting him so obviously you're not going to be able to take him down so i thought it was really interesting because he's so strong but at the same time he needs so much protection um and i think that it was a really good job of casting that light on this character and i think personally that's why i felt some type of way and why i felt like he kind of melted my heart because it was really it was really interesting to see those dynamics right it's like seeing that weak version that frail version like i said very submissive at night he you know couldn't harm a fly if he wanted to so so weak but then like i said during the day just to see how strong he is and to see how you know overly confident and how arrogant he is is absolutely amazing i love the way they kept set up this character um so that's why he kind of melted my heart in that situation because i mean we all we always want to stand up for the little guy and it's almost like he's standing up for the little guy even though he is the little guy so i thought that was an interesting concept and maybe i'm giving him too much credit maybe they didn't think about it like that but that's how i thought about it um so let's go into what ended up happening to him um so what ended up happening to him in this show again spoilers are ahead um unfortunately this episode is kind of full with spoilers i guess i probably should have led off with that so at this point if you don't want to hear any spoilers for any of these shows um I would suggest maybe you skip and go back to another episode um, just because, like I said, in this specific situation, we know that they melted our hearts, uh, meaning that, you know, obviously something you know happened to them. So I don't want to spoil too much of it. So I'll give you an opportunity to walk away. I already led with it and gave you the, the disclaimer, but I'm giving you an opportunity to walk away. All right, so if you're still here, then we're good to go. So what ended up happening to Escanor, he borrowed Sunshine one more time and faced the Demon King Zeldris. Uh, this was after the Demon King ended up taking over Zeldris. Um, after defeating the Demon King, Escanor drained his own life force, resulting in his death um, when Grace returned. Escanor knew that the extensive use of divine power was taking a toll on him. Still, Escanor took power to support his friends. Escanor then fought... Um, he's fought ferociously did i say that yeah with the um 
with the Demon King in hand-to-hand combat in his most potent form known as the One. However, it was not enough to win against a god. So Escanor used his life force to change Grace, Sunshine, or to charge Grace, uh, the Sunshine. After winning against the Demon King, Grace returned to Mael, and Escanor confessed his love to the boar Merlin, uh, the boar Sin Merlin, and died. So um, essentially... I kind of, you know, kind of, I don't know, kind of stumble through that. So essentially what ends up happening is he was fighting the Demon King, which was in Zeldris at the time. After fighting, um, the thing that we found out about this ability, which I thought was another thing that kind of made you really feel for him, was even though he had this sin, um, he was the sin of pride, and he had this ability or this power called Sunshine, we found out close to the end of the series that this power was actually killing him slowly. Um, So the more that he used it, it was also kind of taking a toll on on him um, and just kind of, you know, draining his life force over and over again and kind of draining away his life as he was using this power so it was really kind of sad to really think about that um because he's using this power obviously to protect and save his friends while at the same time understanding that there's an opportunity and there's going to be a time where he's going to end up passing away um and so by him essentially i believe the grace was actually taken away from him so sunshine was actually taken away from him by Mael, um and he basically begged for it back even though his body couldn't necessarily uh control it anymore he begged for Mael to give it back to him Mael gave it back to him he went into this sun god form which is called the one um which he was absolutely fantastic your boy was out here killing it it was like he was the strongest that he was ever going to be the sun was at high noon it was like the perfect time dude was just out here just boxing and going back and forth and back and forth um Escanor was and um he ended up using basically his life force in order to charge his grace um like i said to get sunshine back and to be able to you know make it as potent as it could potentially be to kill the demon king um and once that ended up happening he ends up um essentially passing away and dying um after confessing his love for uh the boar sin merlin um which we kind of knew and this was one of those things again like i absolutely love meliodas in the show and i love the relationship that he and elizabeth have with each other but this is one of those things and i've talked about this several times so i'm not going to go too too in depth with it but that's why i love underlining love stories we knew that at the end of the day he loved her like he's been he was very adamant about this even in his weakened form he just was too nervous to tell her i think merlin understood and she knew um but he was just too nervous to tell her and so i I liked it because like i said it was that kind of ducked off relationship even though we knew it was going to happen um so that's why i feel for escanor i absolutely love the character um and it's crazy because everybody else was able to walk away but unfortunately we don't have escanor merlin finally found someone who loved her for her and unfortunately um you know obviously things didn't work out and if you're wondering no i'm not crying okay you're crying okay wipe your tears away it's okay let's move on to the next one so i've talked about this one before and this was actually on a list that i did of anime deaths that ended up messing me up um another fire user so let's go right into it it's ace um from one piece i I, like i said i talked about him uh before so i'm not going to go like super duper in depth well i mean i am going to go in depth about him just in case you didn't hear that other episode but we're going to start off and kind of talk about ace so ace comes from one piece absolutely love one piece um so the personality ace was much more um intelligent uh polite 
and generally more bearable, bearable, I'm sorry, than Luffy, which prompted the Straw Hats uh, pirates to question whether he was truly related to their captain. While several people knew who Gold D. Roger uh, was, they noted um, that Luffy is quite similar to the late Pirate King. Whitebeard himself claimed that Ace's personality was not at all like his father's. It seems that along the very few things the brothers shared was their recklessness as pirates and their near bottomless stomachs because they both had crazy uh, appetites. In addition, Ace liked to party as much as his brother does. When he boarded Buggy's ship, he was drawn by the smell of food and decided to enjoy himself while he was there. Ace could be a big uh, inappropriate though as he once used a woman's skirt to wipe his face while he was dining at Space Bean in, uh, in Arabasta. There were two running gags about Ace. The first was his rather extreme narcolepsy. He tended to randomly fall asleep while eating and conversing, leaving strangers around him wondering if he had died. Um, this was first seen in Arabasta when they thought he died in the middle of eating. The second was that he did a dine and dash routine whenever he, wherever he went. Um, this went back to his younger days with Sabo and Luffy when they would often dine and dash in the city of Goa and carried out to um, carried over to his adulthood as shown on three occasions when he was on Drum Island, Arabasta and uh, the Lulucia kingdom. Um, so like I said, I've, I've already kind of talked about Ace on another episode, but essentially with Ace, like I absolutely loved him. Um, I liked the, the way that they set up his character. I love the fact that they gave, he was obviously Luffy's brother, um, and Sabo's brother. And, um, like I said, I'm not going to go too, too in depth with this. I know we're going to talk about what ended up happening to him, but Ace essentially was just a really well drawn out character. The narcolepsy is absolutely hilarious because I'm current, um, on watching, um, one piece right now and there was an episode where he's talking to Yamamoto and he's sitting there drinking and he just falls asleep and like I said that was just the part of his narcolepsy like dude was just I don't know he was just a character that you loved he had the little freckles he had the 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 uh he had I can't remember the name of his fruit right now off the top of my head but I know he had like the flare flare I think it was the flare flare fruit um, which was a fire style where he could kind of like change different parts of his body into flames to where when you tried to hit him essentially you would miss because it was you know he would turn that that part into fire um, he was on Whitebeard's ship the dude was a very likable character he was one of the commanders um, for Whitebeard, Whitebeard's fleet he just was a really good character that they they really it's crazy the way that they've really set up One Piece because right now a lot of places that Ace has gone, Ace made a lot of promises to a lot of people. Unfortunately, um, you know, he, some of some of which he wasn't able to keep, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but a lot of those he wasn't able to keep. But it's crazy because the way that they wrote the story and the way that the story is built, Luffy kind of comes back behind a lot of these people and runs into a lot of the individuals that uh, Ace ran into, and he ends up like essentially kind of trying to carry on his brother's legacy uh legacy and i'm saying that all because obviously what happened to him right so in the anime ace was struck through uh by one of the uh one of the marine uh, admirals um akuni akuni no akuno i think that's what it is akuno um his bearded uh 
his beaded necklace broke apart and fell all over the ground and one bee ended up rolling to Whitebeard's foot who picked it up tearfully um so essentially what ends up happening is they're at the battle of marine ford which luffy had been traveling at this point around and around from impel down and all these other places to go find his brother to stop his brother from getting executed and when he shows up his brother's in the process of actually getting executed um and he's like no I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to stop him. So he gets up there and he ends up stopping him. He breaks him away from the execution's blade. They're on the beach fighting. Whitebeard shows up. It was, it's probably hands down one of my favorite fights and my favorite scenes from this whole series, Marine Ford, because you had so many pirates, so many captains, so many different abilities and devil fruit users all in one place fighting these uh, admirals and all the Marines that were there. Um, we got to see Garp. We got to see a lot of different people that were here. And if if any of these names aren't making sense, then obviously you need to go back and watch the show because that's exactly what that means. Um, but you know, he ends up fighting. They end up making their way to the beach, and Luffy is standing there, and he's kind of out of it because they were fighting. Um, I, I I said his name just a second ago, but anyway, the the admiral basically comes up behind him and gets ready to punch. He has the lava lava fruit. Um, which his ability is kind of like his ability is essentially like aces, but just lava versus just regular fire, which is, you know, which obviously burns a little bit hotter than regular fire. And so Luffy standing there, he's like, yo, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and take this opportunity to take him out. He goes to punch Luffy through the back, um, because he couldn't punch Luffy in the front because you know what I'm saying? He had to be a little wuss about this. You know what I'm saying? At the Marines, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, no, no, forget them. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm out here pulling the whole NWA. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah. So he tried to punch Luffy through the back, and uh, essentially, what ends up happening is Ace jumps in front of him. Actually, it may have been from front. I don't know. But anyway, he tried to like sneak punch him and try to like burn him um, with his with his lava lava fruit. Ace jumps in front of him to protect his brother, um, and he ends up dying. Um, like I said, the the necklace that he always wore broke apart. One of the beads rolled over the white beard, and white beard picked it up, crying because white beard always looked at everybody on his crew as if they were like his sons. So this was really detrimental to him. It really hurt him. Um, and obviously, the the battle continued on. But Whitebeard was like, yo, I don't care what happens. We got to get Luffy out of here because that's his little brother. And he's like a son to me as well. Um, but it was just really sad. Ace had a lot of fights in this one. He had, or not just in this specific uh, part. Ace had a lot of fights throughout the series and popped up at so many random times with like this just burning smile. And he just looked like he was always happy and just enjoying himself um, that you couldn't help but to feel for him when you know what i'm saying that ended up happening because like i said the way they set him up was a very lovable likable character um and it was really sad to see you know kind of him meeting his end like that so that's definitely why he burned um you know why he melted my heart man shout out to the homie ace shout out to the homie ace but um anyway let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break guys i'll be right back to talk about the last two um and uh we'll be uh yeah and then we'll wrap up the episode i appreciate you guys stick around be right back. All 
Alright guys, thanks for sticking around with me. So we're talking about fire users that melted people's hearts. Um, we already talked about Escanor from Seven Deadly Sins. We talked about Ace from One Piece. Um, so let's go ahead and jump straight into the next two, the last two if you will. Um, so the next one would be Itachi from Naruto. Everyone loves Itachi. I don't think I've seen a fan base or a Facebook group somewhere that hasn't talked about Itachi and everybody gets in their feelings because you know they understand what ended up happening uh, with Itachi and they have some kind of love for him um, so his personality from a young age Itachi was calm and insightful showing noticeable maturity for his age and knowledgeable on how to deal with every situation for all his accomplishments talent and fame Itachi was a rather humble man never arrogant about his own um, about his own abilities nor underestimating others most times he said uh, he said he would be unbiased and accurate um, or he said would be unbiased and accurate. Okay. If an opponent exceeded his expectations or posed a legitimate challenge to him or his allies, Itachi would freely admit it. He had no problem admitting that. You got to love that about somebody, right? Um, as a seven-year-old boy, um, his reasoning was on par with the Hokage, which in this situation, they're kind of like the presidents of these villages or like, I don't know, I wouldn't say a dictator because obviously maybe they get a, I don't even know how they become Hokage. Like, do you have to get voted in? I don't know. Is this like Congress? I don't even know. Um, but having still studied history not just of his clan and of his village but of the world he gained a broader appreciation of what was important learning so much enabled him to understand how events of the past came to happen and when he applied that same understanding into the future he became concerned for where things were going at the same time Itachi uh, was still fairly naive as a child in many real world scenarios and as such was willing to learn from his peers on how to differentiate differentiate um, situations he lived at a distance observing individuals and ideas without getting directly involved so that he could fully understand them um, although this approach prevented him from becoming close with many people it enabled him to think and act without prejudice or um, preconceptions instead evaluating things strictly on their own merits uh, in the anime, we get to see Itachi um, unintentionally gained many friends and admirers for his genuine concern for others despite his passive nature. He would think about Shinobi and origins of the village and its future. So just based off of everything that I just read there, um, which, you know, shout out to obviously, you know, the fandom pages. I give them shout outs all the time because they have some really good information. So I took a lot of notes from there. Um, but... When you sit down and you think about Itachi, he was a lovable character. He had amazing abilities. Obviously, I mean, he had the Sharingan, he had the Mangekyo, he had the, you know, the, the, he had every ability. But dude had like the, the Genjutsu, he had the, the, what was it, the Amaterasu. Like, dude was just badass through and through. He had a Susano. He was just, you know, a badass character through and through. Everybody loved Itachi. Um, obviously, we know what ended up happening. He ended up in the show um, making some crazy decisions that we all kind of didn't really understand, but we know why he did it. And if you watch the show, then you know exactly what I'm talking about when it came to his family um, versus the village. Um, and we know that, you know, he essentially was trying to lead Sasuke down the right path. I know that it sometimes it didn't make sense to me. I remember watching this and I was like, OK, so you're saying that you love your brother and you're trying to help him and put him in the right place. But at the same time, bro, like you're doing all this crazy stuff that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, so <clears throat> I guess, you know, in Itachi, you know, everybody trusts.
So, um, so I mean, the cool thing about Itachi was, like I said, all the different abilities that he had. The fact that he had really good friends, like one of his closest friends, I feel like, was Kisame, um, who I thought was interesting because he was fire and Kisame was more water because he had the, the shark uh, jutsu, like the water jutsu. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. And they really had a good relationship. And it's crazy because Itachi knew so many things ahead of time, just based off of the way that he was kind of playing things and how he wanted things to kind of go. You were really, I was really confused and really surprised when what ended up happening to him happened to him. So let's go ahead and get into that, right? So his first death came after a fight with his own brother Sasuke after he uses most of his energy to free him from Aruchimaru, um, made famous by the picture of his bloody finger being placed on Sasuke. Sasuke's forehead um so in this fight he ends up having to fight Sasuke because Sasuke went down to you know down a dark path this is when Naruto was being a whole baby about the situation trying to get him back and he goes down a dark path he ends up fighting Itachi when he's fighting Itachi Orochimaru had kind of stealed away in his body and decided to show himself at the last minute because really what he wanted to do was take Itachi's body and essentially Itachi ended up fighting him losing all of his ability trying to get a Ruchumaru out and then he ends up like I said putting his bloody fingers on Sasuke's forehead I'm pretty sure you've probably seen these pictures um you know all over the internet if you're familiar with anime you've seen this picture all the time um but yeah he ends up putting his fingers right there his bloody finger right on his uh on his forehead and you know he ends up kind of passing away Sasuke realizes that he kind of made a mistake because it was kind of his fault um and well kind of his fault because i mean he did get taken over by ruchimaru but at the same time he just wanted power and to kind of step away from naruto's shadow um but the reincarnated uh itachi dies in the same episode he comes back which is episode i believe 339 he dies after he manages to break free of the reanimation jutsu uh or the re yeah reanimation slash reincarnation uh jutsu and it was really cool because um he had a long game in this situation uh, for those of you who watch the show then you're kind of familiar with the whole conversation that he and naruto had about the genjutsu um to kind of break himself away if he in case he was ever reincarnated because he felt like there was a good good possibility for that to happen um but I think in this situation, I I really enjoy I really enjoy the way they set up Itachi. He's a really good big brother. I know that there was a lot of craziness that happened. He made a lot of decisions that he made for the quote unquote greater good. He ends up joining the Akatsuki, um, and dude was just like I said, just a badass. Like I think I think he really could have had like his own spinoff show just to kind of figure out everything that he kind of went through, and I think that people would have absolutely loved it. So shout out to the homie Itachi. Like I said, I mean he was a fire user. He does fit here. He wasn't a huge like just over the top fire user like everybody else that we've had on the list up to this point. But I think that he fits on this list pretty well. Um, if I talk to my brother Zay, um, which shout out to the, to to little bro Zay, um, he should be back on on this season as well. But um, if I was talking to him, he's like he doesn't necessarily deserve to be up on here because he's not a pure fire user like everybody else. But he gets he gets up on here because I say he gets up on here and it's my show. All right, little bro. But anyway, um, I love the fact that they set him up to be this loving big brother. Um, and like I said, just kind of being there, um, making the tough decisions that nobody else wanted to make and putting himself in, a be in the best situation I feel like he could have put himself in. So let's go ahead and jump right into the last 
uh, character here. So the last character, you know, he had to be up on here because you got to give the homie a shout out. Ren Goku from Demon Slayer. Um, for those of you who don't know, he's the Flame Hiroshima, I believe is what that what his title was. Um, he was greatly enthusiastic in regard to his duties as a Hiroshima or Her Hiroshima. I just said this Hiroshima anyway because i just said it but anyway and often came across as cheerfully um eccentric he was uh he was pure of heart and boasted extraordinary technique and swordsmanship stemming from strict practice and discipline he was an honorable warrior warrior who adhered to his code of morals and principles that was instilled into him by his mother at a young age the most significant being his belief that those who were born strong have a duty to protect the weak um, he also loved his family immensely displaying great respect and worry towards his father um and his brother, despite him growing slowly more aggressive or uh, I'm sorry. So he basically he had a lot of love towards his family immensely displaying great respect and worry towards his father, um, Sinjiro uh, Rengoku, despite his growing him growing slowly more aggressive and apathetic towards um, his son. He is incredibly encouraging and optimistic towards his little brother. Um, believing in him and wishing him the best no matter what so again <clears throat> excuse me another big brother that steps in he has a very you know loving personality if you watch the Mugen Train movie which I suggested you watch and I know I talked about it on this show but if you watch the movie then you you know you remember the part where he's sitting on a train and he's just like tasty mmm tasty um, and he's like smiling he's got these bushy brows he's got like these flame you know brows and stuff like that he's just so strong just so loving so protecting um and just he you could tell that he just is a good guy overall like i don't think i mean between the other ones that you have up on here maybe he's more like ace obviously he's not at all like escanor and he's not really like itachi but i would say he's more like ace in the fact that well Actually, Ace is more laid back than he is. But um, as far as like being able to protect the weak and want to do the right thing, he is all about that 1,000%. Um, very, like I said, very disciplined. He had strict practices. He honored his family. He honored his, um, his dad, his mom. He loved his brother. Um, he just wants to do the right thing at all time get rid of the demons um even in his fights and things like that you could tell there was no empathy there he knew what his job was to his what his job was and what he had to do and he did it to a t uh so what ended up happening to him rengoku's performance against the demons on the mugen train in the demon slayer movie were impressive enough to draw admiration from even inosuke uh, which I don't know. I mean, that's important, but I mean, really, Anosuke is like, he tries to gauge himself like he's on these people's level, but we know he's not. But anyway, um, and he ended up ensuring that not one of the 200 passengers died. So in the Mugen Train, again, not to go too, de too in-depth in that, because I know I've talked about that before, but in Mugen Train, um, essentially, when the train ends up crashing, he said that he wasn't going to let the demon that was there... Um, harm anyone who was there he wasn't going to let them you know kill anyone that was there and he protected all 200 people by himself essentially um unfortunately rengoku succumbed to akaza uh the upper rank three demon after initially almost defeating him 
while his while this death is undoubtedly one of Demon Slayer's most tragic, it also happens for some crucial and impactful reasons. Um, so this was another one of those deaths in the show where the main character had to see this happen or had to have a connection with this character have that character die for him to be able to kind of power up and the other people around him to power up it was really messed up how this happened because we had just really met Rengoku um, and so it was just kind of like wow like we just met you and now you're already gone like that's kind of tough um, but the way that they set his character up was absolutely amazing. I love the design. I love the breathing techniques that he used. I love the fact that he constantly remembered his mom and his dad, even throughout the fight, um, understanding that he was fighting for the greater good. Um, he almost, literally almost defeated the dude, but then the dude ended up running. Akiza, he ends up running into the woods like a little punk, running away, you know what I'm saying, to try to save himself after um, Tanjiro was about to fight him too. And uh, like I said, it was very, it was it was the most tragic so far uh but it, again it happens for a critical and crucial um and impactful reason so we're learning excuse me we're learning um you know what i'm saying more about tanjiro about his breathing techniques learning more about rengoku his dad his brother uh we're learning more about them so we know that there's a reason as to why this had to happen um for those of you who've read the manga or the manga, however you want to say it, I'm pretty sure you guys probably know exactly what that reason was so far. But as a, just a, a you know just a week to week watcher, I'm not sure exactly yet. But we know that it's going to have something to do potentially with Tanjiro learning more as far as the breathing uh, style and like the flame style and things like that. So um, it was important for it to happen. Still sad. Still sucks. Obviously, um, you don't want a character like this to die from this show, but the simple fact that he wanted to protect the weak um and he wanted to just be there and make sure that he gave everything for his family for his um fellow swordsmen um and he wanted to give everything to the other um hashira um you know the other the other swordsman i guess you could say um in the land uh the simple fact that he was okay with giving his life and doing everything that he could potentially do um that that's that's just amazing like over over and over again like he fought he bled he fought again he bled we saw so many different techniques just an amazing character uh through and through so that kind of wraps up this list guys and kind of wraps up this episode like i said this was an episode about fire users that melted people's hearts so we had escanor from seven deadly sins ace from naruto itachi or i'm sorry wow ace from one piece itachi from naruto and then rengoku from uh demon slayer so like i said i'm not going to rank these characters because they're all sad I, I they absolutely burned you know and melted you know my heart especially with what ended up happening to each and every one of them so that was really really sad sad but they had really they were really amazing characters i feel like every single one of them um barring escanor were they were more motivation pieces to kind of go forward so i know that ace was obviously he had to pass away in order for luffy to kind of get a little bit stronger and feel some type of way um and obviously the relationship that he and sabo had i feel like that was important for him to pass away too atachi obviously we know how that led sasuke um through his path and then obviously ultimately um through the different 
stages of his life and remembering his brother um and then obviously Rengoku we know that there's a crucial and impactful reason as to why he had to pass away I'm pretty sure that it has something to do with Tanjiro because like again like, again, like I said I haven't read the manga or manga however you want to say it but I'm pretty sure that it has something to do with him going forward um so three out of the four ended up having to pass away in order for the main character to kind of power up again Escanor Mm, I mean, he passed away, and I think that Meliodas was sad about it. I think all the sins were kind of sad about it, but I think um, it didn't have as much of a of an effect on the overall show. But um, anyway, thank you guys for sticking around and supporting the show. Again, as always, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Anime Talk Twelve. That's Anime Talk the number one and two. Um, again, if you need, if you want a sticker or anything like that, reach out to your boy on social media handles. Let me know what you what you um, if you want one. I have no problem sending it out to you with a personalized letter. Um, thank you for um, requesting it and obviously listening to the show. Shout out to the U.S. for for holding strong at eighty four percent. Shout out to Germany holding strong at four or five percent um thank you guys for continuing to listen shout out to all the other countries that you know people are listening um and rocking with your boy on i definitely appreciate that more than you will ever know um so thank you guys continue to have a great week again as always remember to be the light in a world full of darkness um i hope that you guys are good i hope you guys are safe um and yeah we look forward to talking to you on the next episode like i said you definitely want to tune in next week we got the memorial day special coming out i'm pretty sure you guys are really going to enjoy that because i enjoy recording it and it's a collaboration so make sure that you uh that you follow me on social media handles so you can find out when that drops um and we'll see you next monday this has been Matt St. Jack with Anime Talk. Peace. Mm-hmm.